one, two. We're trying this again. And, yeah, can I be heard now? Uh, oh my finally, God! Yes, welcome. We missed you so much, and we are so glad to have you join us here in the studio. My name is Kirsten Dorman, for hypothetically speaking, and finally we have collect. It's like collecting all the infinity stones. We're all <laughs> here, and we're all on air. Who am I joined by? Gideon Karaoke, who, as I was saying, is kind of sleepy this morning. <laughs> and Nicole Pinter, who is. No thoughts, just vibes. You know what, today, <laughs> we're tired of it all. Um, no thoughts, just vibes, and maybe a little bit of news. Uh, why don't we jump right treat. in? Yeah, as a, as a little treat, because we're feeling generous. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, we'll, I'll start us out today. So, negotiations with the President Joe Biden-backed Build Back Better plan continue, with West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin expressing some support for new taxes on billionaires, and some corporations, according to the Associated Press. The bill has been scaled back from the initial $3.5 trillion price tag over 10 years to be $1.75 trillion, about. But a source says that still could go up, potentially. The taxes proposed include a tax on the investment income of billionaires who are less than 1,000 of the wealthiest Americans, and a corporate minimum tax of 15%, meaning no corporation could pay any less than 15% in corporate tax, I should note. Manchin has not publicly backed the taxes yet, and it is still unclear what specific level he would support of those taxes. The claim that he does even vaguely support them comes from an anonymous source. Manchin has already come out against many of the climate change proposals in the plan, which include a plan to penalize utilities that do not quickly switch to clean energy. All of this comes as both Manchin and Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema have pressed for reducing the size of the final plan. The proposed plan, it, to put it shortly, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, includes investments in climate change mitigation and social services. So, yeah, uh, the Democratic Party is doing a Democratic Party, uh, for those wow. of you who are <laughs> familiar, um, and kind of, sort of, being a mess, a huge one, and we don't know what's happening anymore, which is, once again, uh, what do you call this act? The Democrats, once Honestly, again. Honestly, is this really a news show if we just keep telling people what they already know? <laughs> um <laughs> What also yeah. stuck uh, with me earlier when you were reading, less than 1,000 of the wealthiest Americans are billionaires? Yes, uh, it's, like, there's a what? lot. Most of the quote-unquote wealthy people in this country are somewhere in the millionaire range, the vast majority, and, like, you know, it's the, it, there's this misconception that, you know, the wealthy people are just the ones who live, you know, on park avenue in new york or mm -hmm. wall street people well it's like yeah no most most of the wealthy the normal quote-unquote wealthy person in this country is probably a car dealer yeah fair enough I, I just could not believe that when i saw it in the script i was like excuse me what <laughs> yeah oh my gosh and you know i think our next story is also kind of an excuse me yeah what? another excuse me what story um <laughs> also from me again uh, taking it abroad for a minute here. So, in Sudan, the military seized power from the transitional government on Monday, according to the Associated Press. Protesters took to the streets in the capital Khartoum and its twin city of Omdurman to protest the dis to 
uh, protests against the dissolution of the transitional government and the arrest of Prime Minister Abdallah Hamok, Hamdok. They were shot at by the military, killing three protesters and wounding 80, according to the Sudan Doctors Committee. This comes two years after the overthrow of longtime dictator Omar al-Bashir, and weeks before the military was due to fully hand power to a civilian-led government. The military head, General Ab Abdel Fattah Boran, came out with a message saying the government and the sovereign council that had both civilians and military officials on it as a transitional body has been dissolved due to political factional quarrels. He also said that this, a state of emergency was being declared and the military would appoint a technocratic government to rule the country until elections in July of 2023, while making clear that the military is still fully in charge despite that. This has drawn international condemnation from the African Union, the UN, uh, and the United States government, among others. And I should note, like, uh, under Omar al-Bashir, Sudan was a huge international pariah. It was on the U.S. state-sponsored terror list, which basically oh. took it out of the global economy. Um, yeah, that'll do it. So, yeah, they are no longer on that, but... Uh, it, as of 2020, they uh, were finally allowed to get foreign loans and investment because the United States, I would like to remind everybody, does in fact control the global financial system. But yeah, th and this comes after fears that the military has been planning a coup and there was even a coup attempt back in September. So none of this is actually a surprise. Mm, it might just be a surprise to us over here in America because what do we pay attention to if not ourselves? Really? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, and this is the like... Cole just gave me a look like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is not the first military coup on the African continent this year. No. Not that long ago, we were... Uh, th there was one in Guinea. Uh, there was one in... Uh, I know, Guinea's the one I remember. There was another one, I think it was in Chad. No, Chad was the... Pre uh, the president died, and that was a bit of a mess. But, but there's also just been a lot of coups, I feel like, in general this year. Because um, there was also the one in Haiti... And there was one somewhere else, too, that I feel like I'm forgetting. As am I. Uh, but, uh, I'd like to wake up soon. Uh, yeah, please? Hello? Please? But yeah, no, this is unfortunate. <laughs> and yeah, I should note the... Uh, this is not the first military coup that was uh, that had the generals coming out and saying, we want to end political factionals quarrels. Let me just tell you, it's stuff like that that makes me very wary of, we want to reduce polarization comments... Um, yeah. Then there's other reasons too, but at least as far as African countries go, when you hear people wanting to reduce conflict, they don't mean actually deal with the conflict as much as they mean make an autocratic government with me in charge. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, like reduce conflict by getting rid of everyone who disagrees with me, not mm -hmm. by actually talking to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, in case you weren't aware, as hopefully relatively adult people listening, that's not the best way to handle conflict. Um, not recommended by the hypothetically speaking crew, I think it's safe to say. Autocracy bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll hand it over to you, Kirsten, for the next one. Sure. So this is a little bit more of a lighthearted story, but I saw it and... Like, I saw it this morning when I was looking for stories for the show, and I thought to myself, well, I can't just leave this out. Because a real published line now in the Associated Press is, hey, professor, hold the mayo. And, yeah, so... <laughs> that speaks for itself. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I even have to read the story. So, 
but I will. Uh, Michigan State University is asking that it's 132 full-time employees, so this includes faculty and staff, work an additional eight hours a week in assisting in on-campus dining halls, but as the Associated Press puts it, it's still apparently not enough. And normally about 4,000 students work in the dining halls as employees, but by the end of this September, only about 1,200 students were hired. MSU's Director of Undergraduate Studies in the Computational Math Department, Devin Sylvia, uh, he told the, or they told the AP Press that they're all about supporting the student community, but they weren't sure if they were going to be sufficiently compensated for the additional work because like this particular person already makes $100,000 in salary a year, but doing the extra eight hours of work a week, you know, I from what I can tell from what was published here, it doesn't seem like they're going to be paid any extra for that. Whether or not you think that's fair, I'll leave to you, but uh, Senior Vice President at the University, Venny Gore, told the AP that MSU is competing with local businesses for workers, and they've just recently wa- uh, raised their starting wage from $12 an hour to 15 Well, I, so, I mean, good that they're raising their wages, because $12 an hour for dining hall work is uh, kind of, sort of, not fair, but... Not the best. Yeah, it's... Yeah, this is deeply weird um, in terms of the... It seems like the university here at MSU is asking for basically free labor. Pretty and much. <laughs> as somebody who, you know, holds a couple hats at the uni- at this university, and I'm speaking on behalf of myself and not on behalf of any of my employers here, um, kind of deeply uh, unfair that they're asking for uncompensated work. And I... Mm-hmm. Just am deeply personally opposed to the idea. Any thoughts, Nicole? Just, yeah, uh, unpaid labor bad. It feels, <laughs> feels like a very <laughs> simple thing. But, you would um, think. You, yeah, I mean, you would think, you know, hey, they're doing more work than they didn't ask for because your wages aren't enough for, for people to work for. And they're still, you're still not paying them sufficiently for doing extra um, not good. Uncool. Uncool. Very uncool of you, Spartans. Yeah, and you know, I, I would say, too, like, unpaid labor is also a conversation, even just here at ASU at Cronkite. Um, we talk, I've had a few conversations with different people about how in professional programs you should receive some sort of compensation because you are essentially working a part to full-time job. And you know, the rebuttal to that is always, oh, well, it's experience. Oh, well, you're training as if you're going to get a real job in, in the real world. And to that I say, well, when I go and get a real job in the real world, I expect to be paid and paid adequately. Yeah, no, it, it, for those of you who are listening who are like, wait, what's a professional program? Oh, yeah. Um, I should probably explain that. So for students who are in the journalism school here at ASU, there's a requirement for graduation that you have to do a professional program, which, right. as Kirsten said, is basically like a job. One that li- some listeners might be familiar with, if you've ever watched Arizona PBS. Yes. Cronkite News is a professional program. Actually, a couple of different ones. There's a few different branches of it, yeah. And you're essentially working a part-time job and pumping out content for them. High-quality content, by the way, because it's on Arizona PBS. It's not, yeah. you know, nothing. Um and you're doing it all for free in the name of getting experience. experience? 
Yeah. yeah, and it's just, I I mean, Gideon and I could go on a full full blast rant here. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, I feel it, um, because neither of us are in Cronkite anymore. Not specifically because of this, but right. yeah. it's just, yeah, you're you're pumping out like good clean content for Arizona PBS. You're not right. seeing a dime of it. You're giving up your whole day, whole you know, you maybe really four days, are. two days. To because do this, whether in the bureau to... or in Cronkite News. Because they expect you to come in at, like, 8 in the morning and not leave until when? 4 or 5 in the afternoon? Yeah. yeah. And doing things, and, and this goes into a larger conversation, too, of doing things in the in the name of experience. Uh, not everyone can afford that. Um, and th- the system will continue when people who can afford to do that continue to take said experiences. And then we just kind of keep going in the cir- never-ending circle. Um, which, right now doesn't seem like it will end it, it seems like it takes you know quite quite a bit to end said circle but yeah it's not good um i could i could go on for, for a while about how wrong this is but i won't yeah. instead why don't we talk about another university oh boy. a terrible yeah talk smack about another university <laughs> change uh, of pace yes and one that has deserved it very much over the years uh this is not a story i will be going into full detail uh, because it is just content warning. Um, but I will talk about what this school did, or rather didn't do. So Liberty University, you might have heard of this university. You might have heard the story that was uh, last night or this morning. I don't remember. But Liberty University, founded by Jerry Falwell, threatened to punish students who reported sexual assaults, according to a new report from ProPublica. An official was fired for raising concerns, calling it, quote, a conspiracy of silence. Um, What I'm about to say is just almost all straight from the article. So Elizabeth actually told her RA about what happened, but her RA, quote, told her not to report it, saying Axley could have been found to have violated the school's prohibition against drinking and fraternizing with the opposite sex. Instead, the RA offered to pray with Axley, Quote, I was really confused, she recalled. They were making it seem like I had done something wrong. So she then went to the school's federally mandated offense, office whew, for investigating sexual harassment and violence and was prepared with saved text from the weekend. Uh, Alyssa Bucci, the official who took the complaint, uh, didn't seem too interested, uh, Axley recalled. Instead of considering her evidence, Axley said, Bucci started throwing questions at her like, why had Axley gone to the party? What had she had to drink? How much? I immediately felt judged, she said. Bucci is now a Title IX investigator at Baylor University and declined to comment on this story. Uh, Liberty University has had sex and financial scandals in recent years uh, involving school founder Jerry Falwell, but continues to draw in families with its strict school honor code known as the Liberty Way. And this is, again, straight from the article. Central to the Liberty Way, I'm out of breath, is a focus on abstinence prior to marriage, what's known in evangelical communities as purity culture. As the Liberty Way puts it, quote, sexual relations outside of a biblically ordained marriage between a natural born man and a natural born woman are not permissible at Liberty University. Um, Also in this article, Axley said her photos uh, of her injuries were thrown out because they were too, quote, too explicit. What? In another case, Amanda Stevens remembers being warned she could also be fined. She could be fined for having violated the Liberty Way. 
after she reported being raped to the school's Title IX office in April of 2015. Stevens recalled that a school official listed her potential, potential infractions, drinking, though she had not been drinking at the time of the assault, having premarital sex, and being alone with a man on campus. This is what? a lot. Um, the yeah. article does include, I will, I will warn you, it does include some photos. It includes a warning before said photos. Uh, it goes somewhat into, into detail. Uh, so just content warning for that. Um, this I, is a lot. <laughs> I cannot believe what we just heard. Like, this is, this is 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this, this story was, uh, yes, last night. And reported last night. It's just shocking to me that they turn around and said, well, it's your fault for being alone with a man. Yeah, that, 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 okay, I'm just gonna, as the resident man of the panel here, I'm just gonna come out and say that is absolutely evil and disgusting. Uh, right. And just deeply contrary to any moral framework, uh, you know, that's uh, worth a damn. I can say that on air. Right, <laughs> right, you can say that. Uh, <laughs> the FCC won't come get us. But I, I agree, you know, it... <laughs> As someone who's experienced a lot of victim blaming, this is almost exactly pound for pound what it sounds like, and it's disgusting. It's shameful, and everyone involved in making these victims feel judged and, and, and frankly, sweeping rapes and sexual assaults and God knows what else under the rug, under the guise of whatever they want to call this, you should be fired. And I hope you never find work again. I hope you never find peace again. I hope it's hard for you to sleep at night. I hope all your food tastes like ash. Because that's what I think you deserve, personally. That's a personal take. This, this university deserves to, uh, everything bad for it to happen, to go, to happen. It deserves to be just burned to the ground, just folded, whatever, whatever it takes for this university, just no longer to be university. Um, this is not the first time I think most of us have seen Liberty University trending on Twitter as it is this morning. It will earn no um, tears from me. No, it's yeah. just, it is, I, I kind of, I have so many thoughts that I don't know what to say because it is, you know, there is no love like Christian hate. Uh, let's let's put it that way. Right. Because and... doing so many things in the name of God and Christianity. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people say, you know, oh, these are fake Christians. When a lot of them are like this in the in the world, specifically the U.S., mm -hmm. I don't know that that it, we can, can just say, oh, they're just fake. They're not real. It's called the no true Scotsman fallacy. Yeah, yes. that is a logical um, fallacy. And yeah. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, I'm Christian. Um, I, and, I am as well. So. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the... And you guys are cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but, but, no, I'll say, like, you know, it's... Yeah, I, I don't want to drag this into the, uh, what is it, the religious weeds here. But uh, I just want to say, no, that this is incredibly counter to any, like, yeah. anything. This is, and, you know, I'll say this, uh, kind of short, just my personal thoughts on this, is, you know... You know, I follow Christ, not the church, uh, and that, that's a, like I I I feel the church is valuable to me. Like I'm 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 a member of a congregation. I love mm -hmm. them. They're they're absolutely awesome. But it's like at the end of the day, I follow Christ, not yeah, not valuable human beings who and who can or are very capable of doing such moral atrocities like this. 
And yes, no, any institution that does this deserves to have, you know, basically be destroyed and have the salt, the, the earth underneath them salted. Like, it's... Yeah, and, it's you know... It's a disgust, disgusting university. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's it's such a shame because I'm not personally, like, super religious in that way, but I, I feel awful seeing people like you guys who are cool, <laughs> you know... I feel bad, you know, seeing you sort of lumped in with these awful, awful people in that way. But and I think this, to n- no, you're good because to your point, I think it is important that in those circles the excuse stops being, "Oh well, they're not real Christians," because all that does is kick the can down the road. Exactly, you um, have to address. You've got to problem. sort it out. You know, and this this is not like a new problem with evangelical Christians. This is like this is. People being like this, taking the Bible word for word, whatever have you, it's not new, yeah. right? Like, we have seen this probably since the dawn of time, if I have to guess. We could do a whole episode we on could, this, frankly. And we almost have. Um, <laughs> so it's, I'll finish with this. Kicking the can down the road doesn't do any good. Uh, you have to... You have to stop the problem at its roots. Uh, where are the roots? I don't know. They're kind of all over the place. But yeah, it's just... We can't... This is a problem. This university deserves to be burned to the ground. And um, just stop doing, stop being a horrible person in the name of God and Christianity. Oh, I can't be a horrible person because I believe in God. No, no, you can. We it's are not, all capable of doing yeah. horrible things. Yeah. And, Isn't the conceit of, your, of that specific religion to believe that everyone does wrong? Yes. yes. And that everyone is so good <laughs> at heart. That is literally, the bare bones of it is love thy neighbor. Like, if, if, if you don't come, if come away with something that is, like, completely outrageous and different, then I am so, I'm sorry. I don't know what, what what is wrong with you. I love and, you watching know, you guys pop off. I could go for a long time. I'll make one last point that I think is, that that's pretty religious in nature here. Like, uh, you know, when we talk about taking the Lord's name in vain, this is what it looks like. Doing evil in the name of God. This is what truly taking the Lord's name in vain looks like. Damn, I don't think we can top anything off after that. Uh, we should, though, move on to our next story because it's going to be an extended show today, it looks <laughs> like. <laughs> we have a lot of fun here. Um, so I thought this was pretty cool, actually. So a Marine Corps veteran named James Kilser disarmed a robbery suspect at an Arizona gas station last week and said he was just doing what needed to be done, according to the Associated Press, which, can I say, like, bad A, the whole word, on air, do you think? No, you cannot. Okay, well, he's, he's a baddie for that. <laughs> um, that he's a baddie dope. for that. Uh but Kilser said he was talking to the clerk when the suspect entered the store with two others, and according to Kilser, he wasn't expecting anything like this to happen on just, like, you know, a Wednesday. But he did say that you always have to be ready for this kind of stuff, which I guess he's right, but what? Okay. <laughs> so he said when he didn't see any other weapons than the gun in one of the suspect's hands, he sprang at them and grabbed it. Then he hit them in the face with what the reporting called a bag of drinks, which I'm imagining like a bag of beers, like a bag of beer cans, um, (laughs) or maybe some energy drinks or something. I'm really not sure. But the other two suspects ran away, and once Kilser, like the one Kilser caught, was booked into the County Juvenile Justice Center because, as it turns out, they're 14. Oh my goodness. Which, what? 
Um, Story has layers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so while the search continues for the other two suspects, the one now in custody is facing charges of armed robbery. Arms robbery? Armed robbery and aggravated assault. Committing robbery with your arms. Oh, Oh no! Uh, yeah, that 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 would be a problem. But no, that, that this is worse than committing robbery with your arms. It's committing robbery with firearms. <laughs> it shouldn't be as funny as that is. I I, I am not laughing. <laughs> um. So you can see why I titled this story in the script. Oh wow. Okay. Damn. It's a yeah. crazy it's, story. It's a roller coaster from it start really to finish. Is. You, you start reading it, and I was like, huh, okay. Well, yeah, I kind of followed your exact headline here. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, damn. Yeesh. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, good for him. That <laughs> Baddie of the Week award for yes. that one. Truly. Um, Hypothetically this, speaking, Baddie of the Week award. Yeah, and this happened in Yuma. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh, I think I saw this, actually. I think it's the video. Yeah, it was video. big news last week. Yeah, week. yeah, I think I huh. saw it. All right, well... There you have it. <laughs> so why don't we now move move along into entertainment? Every time I say move along, I always think about that All American Rejects song. Do you know the one? Oh yes. <laughs> you should. I should hope you do. It'd be really disappointing if people didn't. I know. It's scary and sad to me that people are like losing touch with the things that were popular when we were younger, but I don't or know. Or just like straight up don't know about it. That's the weirder part. True. Straight up. What's that? What? Exactly. What do you mean? What's that? <laughs> um, and speaking Define of the generation, how dare you say it what's did. that? And speaking of, this is kind of what our next story is about, actually. So that was good on us for accidentally coming up with that lead-in. But Addison Ray, for some reason, is the title here. <laughs> so Addison Ray told WFMC sixty nine, yes, really, that she feels like she has an identity crisis every other day. Those are her words, not mine. Um, it sounds kind of crazy on the surface, but I think honestly, like it's worth hearing her out a little bit. So, Addison is twenty one years old, and she's more or less the same age as those of us here on the show, and she's already reached this unprecedented level of fame that most people don't expect to reach when they click the post button on TikTok. I know I personally don't ever expect anybody to see what I post on there. Um, But she has amassed tens of millions of followers on the platform. You might have seen she was in the recent remake of, oh, what's that movie? Oh. She was in a recent remake of a, a classic film, and she was also invited to the Met Gala this year. And she has just kind of become... He's all that. He's all that. Thank Uh. you. She's just kind of become this fixture in pop culture, right? And she's 21. So she says keeping up with her own real interests can be difficult because of the way that trends go by so fast nowadays. And WFMZ reports that she had admitted to them that social media made her lose herself in a quest to be liked. She told WFMZ that she found the recent currently unexplained ban on her TikTok account to be a shock, but also a reminder from the universe, or from God, she kind of refers to them interchangeably, to count her blessings, which I think was a really interesting perspective on it, because I I think she's probably not super worried about getting her account back. She's one of the mainstays on the platform, but wow, it's really, I think, interesting for 
someone in her position to just come out and say like, yeah, you know, I, I kind of lost who I really was and I lost sight internally of who I really was because I was so bent on getting people to like me. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a rare moment of sincerity. Like, I feel yeah. like, I feel like one thing, you know, I don't want to come on air today and say, oh, social media, like, right. yeah, like I'm, I'm not anti-social media. Um, I'm anti a lot of the way a lot of these platforms work. Uh, I've railed against Facebook on multiple episodes of this show. Go back and listen to some of that. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not anti-social media in theory, at least. I'm against some of the practices of the companies that control them. But yeah, it. what I will say is sincerity is one thing that is that I guess, you know, social media kind of disincentivizes because, you know, you're almost putting on a performance when you log right. on. And she described in the article that I read from WFMZ uh, kind of feeling like she wanted to get back to posting that raw quote-unquote content um, and being herself more, not only for personal reasons, but because she feels like that's what made her successful in the first place, which, good for her. I don't know how much I, like, personally see that. I hate to be like, ooh, she just does dances, but I don't know how much I personally see that in, in you know, doing the Renegade, but yeah. you know what? If that's you, that's you. Go, girl, go. Exactly. <laughs> women supporting women here, that's all. Yeah, and I guess I'll say, you know, maybe I guess uh, food for thought as we move on. The what is the difference between putting on a performance and not uh, is, I guess, a very interesting question, especially, you know, as someone, as for myself, it's an interesting question for or for me and other neurodivergent people, especially. Uh, what is the difference between, you know, quote-unquote, living the quote-unquote normal life and putting on a darn performance? Mm -hmm. And I... Masking, right? Well, yep. and everyone's different in front of a camera. I mean, like, even if you're like, no, I'm not, you immediately change Liar. how you're acting if you know a camera's on you. Admit it. You know it. It happens. We all do it. We all start acting differently. Um, it's just it's just kind of how it is. And, you know, I, I, again, I'm with you, Addison Ray. You know, do your thing. I'm not here to judge. But also, yeah, I mean, social media, it's can be a tricky game sometimes, especially when you're when you have a platform like she like she has created for her for herself. Yeah. And another kind of I don't know. I don't know how to transition between this, but I am excited to talk about Prince. Um <laughs> <coughs> Miss him. There's this really cool mural of him downtown if you've ever passed I think by I've and seen, seen it. it. Oh yeah yeah. It's actually uh not too far from where I am, so yeah, I pass it a lot. Yeah, I love, every time I pass by that mural, I just kind of, I hope the light turns red just so I can sit and stare <laughs> at it, actually. Um, but, so, the Minnesota congressional delegation has, reportedly, has plans to introduce a resolution to posthumously award Prince the Congressional Gold Medal, according to the Associated Press, and if you don't know, the Congressional Gold Medal is one of the nation's highest civilian honors, and past recipients include George Washington, the Wright Brothers, Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa, the Navajo Code Talkers, and the Tuskegee Airmen and the Dalai Lama. So, go Prince, go. Yeah, someone who has certainly, in his life of artistic work, has earned the right 
uh, to get this. Unfortunately, he wasn't given it in his lifetime. But... Which is honestly just, we could have a whole show discussing that. Because um, that's a crime. But the report, or sorry, excuse me, they reportedly cite his in incredible mark on Minnesota and American culture, which is kind of an understatement. But I really enjoyed reading um, Senator Amy Klobuchar, who represents Minnesota. She said about this, the world is a lot cooler because Prince was in it. He touched our hearts, opened our minds, and made us want to dance. With this legislation, we honor his memory and contributions as a composer, performer, and music innovator. Purple reigns in Minnesota today and every day because of him. And you know what? Purple reigns everywhere, baby. Truly. Uh, that was a beautiful statement from Senator Klobuchar. I, yeah, I really liked that. And I couldn't agree more, frankly. Yep. And I guess now we'll hand it off to Nicole to talk all about <laughs> all the sports. Sports yes. ball. And, and now it's time for us to like just sit and, and look at each other. <laughs> <laughs> just sit and stare. Um, yeah, it's sports ball time. Uh, Arizona Cardinals are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm going to say it every week. We're gonna, we are together here, Taylor Mall, wherever you're listening. We are going to manifest uh, the Putting Arizona Cardinals winning the together. Super Bowl. Uh, they defeated the Houston Texans 31-5. to uh, which I believe was Scorigami. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check my sources. On I'm pretty said. sure it was Scorigami. I saw this. Which the other uh, day. Scorigami, if you live under a rock, is uh, <laughs> yeah. Have you, Scorigami. How can you at least not heard the name? Uh, there there are scores that have just never happened before. Um, and yes, it was Scorigami. It was the 1,068th. So close. Uh, unique final score in NFL history. Wow. Uh, wow. Yes. Very very cool. Uh, so they moved to 7-0 with this win. They remain the NFL's only undefeated team as they head in on a short week as they face the Green Bay Packers at home this Thursday. Uh, this is a very crucial game uh, for multiple reasons. For the obvious, the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, but also for uh, tiebreaker, possible tiebreakers as it gets down to the nitty-gritty of the season. Cardinals lead the NFC right now. Obvious, as I said, 7-0. Bucks are right behind them at 6-1. Packers are 6-1. So, uh, really, maybe one of the biggest games Cardinals have had in a very long time. Uh, I, I mean, probably at least since they were in the, the playoffs last. Uh, against the Packers, I believe. No, was it, wasn't it the Panthers that year, actually? I think you're... I think you're thinking of the year they went to the Super Bowl, because that was the Panthers. Oh, okay. But the last time they were in the playoffs was uh, the Packers. It was like the Larry Fitzgerald. It was like... Oh, yeah, you're the, right. The, the, the almost dueling Hail Marys, practically. It wasn't a Hail Mary, but it was just Larry Fitzgerald running around the field. Um, yeah, so very, very important game as the Cardinals look to remain undefeated. As I said, only undefeated team. Go Cards! Woohoo! Uh, fun times. Fun times for Arizona football. See, kind of. Not I really. I mentioned sometimes, like, I'll talk about, like, when sports come up, I'll talk about what we talk about here on the show, right? And I mentioned, like, you know, I really hope the Cardinals go to the Super Bowl specifically so it will make Nicole happy. And somebody <laughs> yeah. was like, are you sure that's going to happen? And I was like, it needs to. It would make me very it happy must. because my team is definitely not. Um, that would be the Chicago Bears. Someone please save me from my suffering. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh. It's a tall order. As, as I said, no thoughts, just vibes right God, now. Right, yes. <laughs> Purely. Yes, our bad, our bad. <laughs> Although we've definitely violated that rule already. 
on, on the show, but you know what? Yeah, which bold. Um, <laughs> so MLB, which is something that we really haven't talked about on here because the Diamondbacks are just not good. Um, but the World Series is now set as the Atlanta Braves face off against the Houston Astros. Atlanta won their first NL pennant since 1999 when they beat the Dodgers in six games. And Houston took out the Red Sox also in six games. This will be their third World Series in five years. Uh, the series begins, I put Thursday. That should say Tuesday. Uh, series, be- <laughs> series begins Tuesday in Houston. Uh, Charlie Morton will be taking the mound for Atlanta. And uh, Framber Valdez will be taking the mound for Houston. So, should be exciting. Um, as far as, I, I mean, everyone's excited here that the Dodgers lost, obviously. Um, <laughs> I, I just... I'm pulling for Atlanta, um, and it's not because Houston cheated. I have to be honest with you. I truly do not care. I just haven't liked Houston since before the, the cheating thing. So, you know, that didn't really change anything for me. Yeah. Uh, well, I you know, know unpopular opinion, I just kind of don't care that they cheated. You know, <laughs> I kind of don't care. You know, I actually kind of have to admire it. I feel like the Astros have taught us all something very valuable. Dishonesty can get you somewhere. I'm kidding. Oh, That's a joke. That's actually, a cheating joke. Can I would argue get, we've learned like, that a long time ago. Yeah, I, I feel like cheaters do, in fact, sometimes win. They do prosper, actually. Um, uh, they, they tend to. <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, so World Series, watch it if you will or don't. I can't make you, you know. <laughs> We're not your mom. <laughs> We're your, yeah. Um, I don't know. Watch the Cardinals. Uh, Ace, Yeah. Back to why I said Arizona football is, like, only kind of good. Um, I'll actually get to it in a second. ASU Sports Volleyball. Women's Volleyball won their third straight match in, in four sets over Colorado on Sunday. Uh, two of the three straight wins they've had are upsets over ranked teams, UCLA and Utah. Um, this is very exciting for a team that has been, like, fairly frustrating. Uh, they're, they're exciting in the ways they push it to five sets, and then they just kind of drop an egg in the fifth set. Um, so, (laughs) I've been to, I've been to a few of the games and they are, they are kind of frustrating to watch. So this is huge. Next match is versus California Friday at seven, uh, going for their fourth straight win. So go support your fellow Sun Devils. Hockey, ASU hockey split a two game series with the toothpaste Colgate, uh, losing eight, three on Saturday, but bounced back on Sunday to win four, three in overtime. Uh, next, they have a two game series against St. Thomas, Minnesota this Friday and Saturday at Oceanside. Uh, so support volleyball or hockey or neither. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> cheer on your fellow Sun Devils at the very least. And now for why Arizona football is only kind of good. Thanks, Cardinals. Um, ASU football beat the bye week, uh, which is which is a good thing. U of A lost in absolutely heartbreaking fashion. They almost had their first win over Washington and then absolutely blew it the only way Arizona knows how to. Uh ASU faces Washington State this Saturday at high noon. Again, no thoughts, just vibes, so I'm all over the place. My bad. Uh, Utah lost to Oregon State, which is good for ASU as they are now tied with ASU atop the Pac-12 South. Uh, The Sun Devils need Utah to lose one more and ASU to win out, and then we win the Pac-12 South. Seems simple, right, guys? Simple enough! We certainly can't blow this! There's no way! I just cannot foresee this going wrong in any possible way. I don't see it either. Uh, it was it was truly the perfect weekend for perfect bye weekend for ASU though because U of A lost but Washington didn't look good, uh, UCLA lost but looks like they could beat Utah after Utah lost to Oregon State who 
I think is the best team in the Pac-12 right now is Oregon State. Um, I don't know if that's a hot take. Listen, there's a new best team every Saturday, <laughs> after every Saturday. So this week is Oregon State. Congratulations. Washington State lost to BYU, who uh, beat ASU. USC lost. And then, as I said, have said, Utah lost. So really... Uh, a really good weekend for ASU on the bye week. They open as a 15-point favorite, which is just scary. Oh, um, I will, I will just let you know to uh, stay away from that because I just refuse to bet on ASU football. Now, betting <laughs> on they, ASU football is a fool's errand. They always let me down. Yeah, no, whatever bet you'll make, you'll happen the opposite way. It's just not a... No, just don't put your money on them. Sports betting's legal in this state, guys. Do make better bets than the ASU football Gamble, team. Gamble responsibly, yeah. So, uh... Sounds like a bit of an oxymoron. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, it seems like the Pac-12 South, from everything you've talked about this, both on this show and your other one, The Future's Female, seems to be the king of the ashes situation. Very much so. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've seen this every year, and I don't know why people continue to trick themselves. And, oh, it won't happen this year, which is Pac-12 cannibalization. <laughs> um, oh. I saw people being like, oh, yeah, no, like Pac-12 won't do it this year. They do it every year. What are we doing? Oregon, like, <laughs> didn't look that impressive in their win over UCLA. That's why I say Oregon State is the best team as far as the Pac-12 South goes. Um, ASU owns a tiebreaker over UCLA. Utah lost to, again, a pretty good Oregon State team. It, it's just, you know, the last man standing wins kind of thing. Uh, if ASU takes care of business, which they should based on the remainder of their schedule, um, we should be looking just fine. However, yeah. that probably won't happen. No. Keep your expectations low so you can just be really excited. Exactly. Is my take. And I should note, um, before we finally have to go off there, <laughs> I just want to make one tangential complaint about the Washington State game this week. Uh -oh. So for those of you who are ASU students, you, uh, you might know it's homecoming week. Yes. That's our homecoming game. Homecoming is tomorrow. Noon. Yes, yeah. The dance is tomorrow, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and the parade's on Saturday. And I really want to personally fight the networks for scheduling it at noon. Yes. Can, can we get a network representative from the, from whoever's broadcasting this to come into the studio so I can fight them? Because, uh, like I'm gonna chime in. I really, really hard, strong agree, um, strongly agree. Why is it that I need to be out in Tempe at 7:30 in the morning for the for par the parade? It is obscene. You actually? Yes. Yes. Oh my. And it's deeply upsetting. No. No, thank you. Yeah, I once again, I wish they would have scheduled it maybe a little later. Even at 3 o'clock would have been reasonable, but, uh, but noon? No. Yeah, this is a Ooh. high noon game. It's also blackout, uh, as it says on the schedule. Oh, so boy. it's just like... Yeah, like let's let's look at let's look at temperatures for this Saturday. It's all all we know it's is high pain. noon. Uh, the high is eighty six. It says at noon is going to be about eighty. Uh, that's that's not hot, but it's warm. It's, it's warm enough in the sun. Warm. Yeah, and in the sun for a prolonged amount of time. And the sun is hot um, here. All I'll say hotter. is, maybe please, please, please wear deodorant. Oh, God. If I'm, you don't wear deodorant in the student section, I will personally come after you. I'm not asking. I'm threatening. <laughs> that is that is a threat. Yeah, this game being at noon is just, like, cool. Like, I have Michigan, Michigan State to watch at 9, guys. Like, <laughs> did we have to do this back-to-back? -back? Like, yes. please, Apparently. why? <laughs> you know? Because they don't like us. Like, no. I mean, I'll probably go to the game, but I'm going to have, like, my... 
phone and having the Michigan game on. It's just like, why? I could be disappointed so many times this Saturday, but hopefully I'm not because I'm I am semi confident going to this Michigan game. I just want to make that clear that okay, I, I am semi confident. So you'll be at the game. ASU game, but then you'll also be having a good time because yes, you'll be watching. Hopefully. hopefully. I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but I just, I, to any Michigan State fan walking across Taylor Mall, I am confident in this game. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we should uh, wrap things up now. I think so. Just for the last 10 minutes of my DJ shift, you guys. (laughs) We need to uh, make sure that we all get enough rest so that we're bright eyed (laughs) and bushy tailed for this ridiculously early. Who is coming to watch this parade? (laughs) And on Halloween weekend, too, uh, which uh, I have personal, other personal gripes. I have personal gripes with that as well. (laughs) But you know what? We'll have to save them for next week. We'll tell you how it goes. And in the meantime, we'll miss you. So you should definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. We're there as Hypoth underscore speaking. And we would love it if you tweeted at us, A, what your Halloween costume is going to be, and B, what you think that we're going as for Halloween. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I was gonna say, are you gonna? I was gonna ask, or are oh, we not saying it on air? It's a secret on Ooh. air. I'll tell you guys oh, wait, after. I know yours. Yeah, I'll tell you guys after. Um, but for those listening, go ahead and tweet at us hypoth underscore speaking and see if you can guess it. And Until then, I'm Kirsten Dorman. I'm getting karaoke. And I'm Nicole Pinter. And this has been hypothetically speaking. <laughs>